Back to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back here on the block. Want to wish everybody a happy Friday as we get into the weekend. I'm Jake Falkovan. He is Eric Strickland, and we welcome here on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline Sean Callahan of Oscar Online. Sean, how's it going today? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, certainly a lot to run down for the Nebraska basketball or football program. Excuse me. I'm sure you know what my my first question results uh, relates to, and that is Xavier Betts. Um, I've obviously I think the plan was to have a meeting with him today. Um, but what is the what is the latest that you've heard about Xavier Betts? Yeah, you know, I, I think it just comes down to a guy that's really gone back and forth with his commitment and love to want to play football and. Um, you know, I, I, I think he's got to decide long-term, does he want to do this? Cause I, I think he's gone back and forth with it and, um, did come back after spring break with the team. And, um, you know, I know there's been other episodes behind the scenes that didn't get quite to this point. Um, but obviously this has been, I think an ongoing deal for his whole time at Nebraska. And, um, I think there's a certain point where you try to help a guy, but now we're going into his third year here and, um, you know, he, so he's got to step up and make that decision on kind of what he wants to do. Yeah, it's fascinating, and I think it kind of asks, you know go, kind of goes to a larger discussion. I guess if if you were talking to somebody that hadn't paid attention for a few years or were just wondering what's gone wrong with Scott Frost at Nebraska, do you think I I, I don't know if the, the, this is the right term, but mishandling the skill positions would be among the first things you would say? Well, I, I think when he got here, um, they had a few guys, but not enough. And I think there are some times when maybe you had to make some concessions with a guy like Maurice Washington or a guy like JD Spielman, because if you didn't have those players, um, you know, your program would take a big step back and um, they weren't really in a position if a guy wasn't doing the right things off the field just to cut them loose. And I think they're trying to move past that because, you know, it didn't really work out. I mean, with Maurice Washington and even JD Spielman, um, kind of giving them some extra slack. Um, you know, I go back to even like a Marcus Fleming. You know, he was a guy that, um, you know, they, they basically let play in the Northwestern game in 2020 and hadn't really practiced much. Uh, was talented enough to have almost 90 yards receiving on the top defense in the Big Ten. But then the next week against Iowa, he just decided to take a day off of practice and said, I'm not practicing. And um, then they said, well, then you're not going to Iowa. Uh, so he, he uh, quit the team at that point. So, you know, I think there's just battles that you have to fight. And, you know, I think they've worked with Xavier quite a bit. And we'll see where it goes. I don't have a very good feeling um, just because Xavier himself is going to have to want to kind of take this on him and grow up. I mean, he's a man. He's a third-year guy in college. Yeah, it, it, it's a, it, we'll see what kind of plays out there. Um do you think that Nebraska? And I know some people would would say um, that they maybe don't like the risk that Nebraska takes in recruiting on some of these guys. I know you threw Maurice Washington out there. Obviously, had his own problems coming to Nebraska. You've covered recruiting for twenty plus years now. Is 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 Nebraska in, at where they are currently the type of school that has to take those risks in order to be able to get um, you know the special type of athlete here and there? Um, you know, as opposed to you know a Florida or USC where you know they're they're more easily they more easily can pass up on a guy with trouble because there's another guy that they can land you know in their backyard yeah i mean yeah you have to take some calculated risks and you go back to the 90s 
those were the Proposition 48 guys. Um, the Big 8 Conference was really the only power league that allowed Prop 48 players, and that allowed Oklahoma, Colorado, Nebraska, Kansas State. It allowed them to get a lot of players that couldn't get into maybe the SEC or the Pac-12, um, and it helped propel Nebraska, and you know they eliminated that Prop 48 um, once the Big 12 formed, but you know they've always had a history um, of taking – uh, guys, I mean, Bob Devaney was one of the first coaches that, that took African American players, and you know the SEC wasn't recruiting them in the '70s, and <laughs> Nebraska went in and kicked Bear Bryant's butt, and Bear Bryant changed his tune after losing the USC and Nebraska back-to-back years, um, and Alabama started recruiting African American players shortly after. So it's it's you know Nebraska's always tried to have to do things differently with times, and I think we're in a different time now, and you've got to figure out the right formula with today's kid and today's rules and today's game of college football. Well, it's interesting as they're getting into spring ball too, something else that's kind of uh, been something to follow a little bit is just that that they're a bit banged up. And of course it it means less now that they're in spring than in fall, but with installing this, this new offense and, 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 you know, having all these new pieces, a part of it, do you think that the fact that they don't have a few linemen and their tight end groups pretty banged up and now no Xavier bets, do you think that that's putting them back a little bit or, or do you think that they've, they've got a lot of time to, to get this together? Oh, they got a lot of time. I mean, spring is spring. I mean, it's essentially when you count spring break, you have six weeks. And, you know, it's, that's a long time. I mean, you think about what fall camp is. Fall camp's four weeks. So spring is an additional fall camp and some uh, with meetings and, and time on the field with your team um, where you can put them through, a, you know, a 20-hour week of activity. So that, there's a lot, even if you're missing people. And then it also, Jake, allows you to develop other guys and give them an opportunity to get reps. And hopefully somebody emerges that maybe you weren't expecting uh, because of reps. And that's all it takes. I mean, it's really hard to get reps and opportunity at the Division One level. And if you get reps that you weren't going to get, you just never know what's going to happen. Hey, Sean, it's Eric. Um, good to see you. Thank you for joining us on the block. Wanted to make wanted to ask a couple of questions, and it's a two part question. One being that you've seen a lot of lot of new faces that have come in. One of the things that I've been hearing is that a lot of the the players that have not only been here, but even some of the others, uh, to include like Casey Thompson, it seems that they wanted to create a culture, a, a culture that was reminiscent of the of the old '90s, where it was next man up. You took the onus. You also basically were accountable not only by the coaches, but you're accountable internally with your players. And it seems to me that a lot of them are, are taking the, the, those types of responsibilities and leading the charge. Then the second question is, and, and are you hearing some of that in, in the culture now? And so the second qu- part of that question is, who are some of the players that have, you know, been on the radar, came in fresh, new, a new face, Maybe somebody that's been there that no one's really been talking about. What is the noise that you're hearing in the different rooms about who's 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 really stepping up and doing some unique things right now? Yeah, on your first part, Strick, and uh, great to hear from you. I know uh, it's been a while since we crossed paths. I remember uh, not too long ago we were inducting you into the Omaha Sports Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. and uh, you were at that ceremony with us in Omaha. But um, going back to what you said on the accountability and the culture, um, you know, I think the Xavier Bet situation is an example of that. I think the receiver group in general said, look, if this guy's not going to do what he needs to do and 
not be around, you know, we, we're going to move forward, even though he might be, I mean, he is probably the most talented guy, you know, in that room. I mean, I wouldn't say he's the best guy, but he's the most talented guy um, in terms of his size, his athletic ability. Um, but, you know, toughness has been kind of an issue for him over, at times where, um, you know, he, he you know, he, like some of his best games, he complained, you know, he, he, could, he, he, he couldn't battle through, you know, a, a rib or a, a abdominal injury and, you know, they had to put him, they had to sit him out because he, he wasn't able to keep playing. Um, so, you know, yeah, they're trying to move forward and build like a culture of toughness accountability. I think Casey Thompson has really tried to take on a lot. I think Mark Whipple has really um, tried to preach that. You know, he wants the players to be vocal. You know, he tells the guys, he goes, you, you, should, be, you should be bothering the hell out of us. Um, you know, we want you calling us. We want you talking to us. We want you asking us questions. Um, that's our job to make you guys better. And I think they're just trying to build better communication um, and relationships with the players and the coaches um, to, to make this thing work. And I'm trying to remember, what was the second question you asked Strick? So who, who in the, who in the different rooms are you hearing some sparks, some, some, just some great information, some good news. They're stepping up they're, they're, there's, they're, they're coming out of the woodworks or, or just some of the new guys that are just really just making some noise. Yeah, I think Jacques Yant um, ah. has had a good spring. Um, you know, made a step forward. I think Anthony Grant has been what they thought he'd be, which is always a good thing. Uh, when you bring in a JUCO guy, you kind of hope they are what you think because you don't have a lot of time with them. Uh, I think Trey Palmer um, is what they thought he was. I mean, Mickey Joseph, I think today probably would say he's their best guy in that room um, moving forward into this season. Um, when you go over to the defense, I think Tommy Hill – the corner that they added mm-hmm. from Arizona State, Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's been as impressive as any defensive back this spring and is probably poised to start at corner. And I think when you look at Marquise Buford playing safety, a lot of that has to do with Tommy Hill um, when you kind of project that they think, you know what, we need to get Buford ready for safety because we think Hill's going to lock down a corner and probably Quentin Newsom will be the other guy. So, yeah, they've added some good pieces from the portal. Um they definitely are still some guys short that they need. They need to get some defensive linemen. Um, mm-hmm. Ochon Mathis from TCU is a coveted All Big Twelve edge rusher that's supposed to potentially visit the spring. So, will he come for the spring game? I don't know. We'll see where that all goes. But they've got to get a couple more pieces. I mean, that's the thing with the transfer portal, Eric. You, you've got to continually shop and add and be ready for guys to leave your roster at any time. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, he's Sean Callen of Husker Online joining us here on the block. I wanted to ask you this because I, I don't know if my memory serves me correctly, but I know they're, they're now uh, – uh, Trev Alberts went on his uh, radio program and announced that they're, with the new field turf, they're going to go to a single shade of green instead of the two-tone green. Was that like a mid-2000s type of change, if I remember correctly? Yeah, um, so the first field turf went in in 1999. They switched to that, and they were the first college or pro stadium to have it. Then in okay. 2006 – uh, they put in the second round of turf, and Steve Peterson put that in to kind of match the historical uh, Bob Devaney era two-tone turf. And at that time, then they also removed the crown in the field. There used to be quite a crown in the field, and they took the crown out in 06. Um, that used to be for runoff, right? Because it like water, kind of water runoff, Sean? What's it? What's that? Now? That used to be for like water runoff. So, it, it, so when, when, for our listeners, when you say the crown, that means at, at the middle of the field, it was kind of like a little, a little hump, and it kind of tapered off as it goes to the sideline. That's what you're talking about, right? 
You're right, yeah. And then the disadvantage would be a quarterback, it's harder to see down the field when you're throwing. Um, so they took that out then. They, I don't think they've had that type of crown since. Uh, but, yeah, then they, they did another round of turf, I believe, in 13 or 14, um, which they kept the two-tone. And that was when they did the uh, East Stadium renovation project as well, where they mm-hmm. redid the whole east side. And then, So this was the fourth installment of field turf. And normally they're supposed to go every seven years. Uh, but because of COVID, it got kind of delayed. They played mm-hmm. nine seasons on that turf, which, you know, that's – you go on that surface right now. It's it's pretty it's pretty old. Worn. Like they they need to get it replaced um, because it's kind of lost its cushion. It's basically a flattened carpet when you go out there on that field turf. Huh. So yeah, that's interesting that they're getting it done. I was I was surprised that they are are going away, but Trevor Roberts said he wants it to look a little boring. Uh, so I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, but then the other thing that a lot of people are talking about coming out of the his radio appearance was that he is is working toward kind of just this one overall brand. And I guess when I think of that for across all the sports, when I think about that, I would think that they wouldn't touch the Nebraska football uniforms. So is the idea to have the other sports kind of look like the football uniforms? I mean, I. Let's be honest. I think it's basically a shot at basketball. Like basketball's <laughs> rolling out in like gray uniforms, and I mean there were they've worn uniforms, and I'm like those look more like UNO uniforms in Nebraska <laughs> with, with that like special logo for the university that they don't use anymore. Oh, yeah. It's fun. I get it. Like it's cool, and Adidas does a great job with that stuff. But I, I think he's just kind of trying to tighten it a little bit. And you know that was like Peterson did that too back in the day. Like he eliminated the black baseball uniforms he's like look our colors are red and white we're not wearing black baseball uniforms on nebraska so we've seen it done over the years with ad's kind of you know trying to do that i think adidas gets pretty aggressive because they they want to you know show off their brands and they give nebraska a lot of money um but yeah they'll they'll continue to i'm sure have an alternate because that's something adidas really pushes because then they can sell those jerseys and shields and all these places every year when they release a new alternate uniform He's Sean Callen of Oscar Online. Sean, thanks so much. Time, thanks for your time today. Yeah, hey, thank you guys. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the basketball tonight. Oh, yeah, that's right. Thank you. The basketball is going to be great. Sean Callahan of Husker Online, always entertaining and very informative. Uh, I'm glad I asked that field turf question. He had a lot more information on that than I previously knew. So uh, very interesting stuff there. It is time for our your chance, I should say, to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. It's shootout with Strick. Strick's already getting warmed up, uh, so you're going to want to warm up as well. First one in line gets the opportunity to win today, 402-464-5685 call the Honda of Lincoln hotline. Uh, I don't even know. I don't have the, the game in front of me. Our producer is still working on it, so I don't know exactly uh, what it will be. But either way, it doesn't really matter. You just say either or uh, type of question. So uh, you got a 50% chance either way. So give us a call right now, 402-464-5685. Shootouts with Strick is coming up next year on the blog. 